Welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we beat a dead horse 1d6 damage at a time. Now, this week's episode is all about The Land of Og, a role-playing game that is about playing as cavemen. It's a comedy game, too. So you might think I'd shake the intro up a little, maybe do some impromptu caveman-style syntax sentences, maybe drop a me-want-this or that type of thing. But I'm not going to, because my sense of humor was murdered recently. How? Well, keep on listening on today's System Mastery. Hey everybody, it's System Mastery. I am, as always, your most illustrious host, Jeff. Joined, as always, by an also illustrious sort of guy, my buddy, John. John, how are you? Yay! I'm lustrious. Oh, not illustrious. Well, I'm also a little ill. <laughs> hey, I'm more of an illustrious kind of guy. I I assume that's a word now. Yeah, sure. Why not? One implies <laughs> the other. After the existence of irregardless becoming official, which you might think I'd complain about because I complain about everything, but no, I prefer a growing language. I prefer it. It doesn't. It doesn't matter to me if the growth comes from total morons or not, as long as the language consists to grow, uh, consistently grows and develops and, and tracks with the way that people actually use it. See, I prefer a shower of a language. <laughs> so you like a big floppy language up front that doesn't necessarily perform when it matters. <laughs> That's what I'm after. Okay, that makes sense. That, so you're describing what, like, like Swedish, I think? A big floppy language. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since we took a pot shot at Swedish. Not since we were fucking with the campaign dis- uh, wiki. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's <laughs> always good to return to some classics. Yeah, that's that's a perfectly reason. It's a callback for the one person who's Swedish and works on that wiki and got mad at us. <laughs> uh. Uh, so we're talking about Land of Og by Wingnut Games, which has uh, quite a number of copyright dates. I think this is a 2001 printing, but the first printing of the game was 1993. Now, I would also like to state that uh, there are a couple points on here where it says to go to wingnutgames.com to check stuff out. Mm-hmm. I did go to wingnutgames.com. It yeah. is now a blog for construction professionals? Huh. So someone's just a huge fan of, like, the actual wingnut, the little screw that has kind of a little levery, scissory-looking thing on it that expands outward? I guess the whole thing is like, or no, wait, no. join us and we'll tell you how to do better at roofing or whatever. I mixed up my, my different types of construction chunks. A wingnut's just a nut that's got little flap wings on the top so you can screw it in better. It's just a nut. Yeah. It's also a fruit bat mutant that threatens the Ninja Turtles. Fucking or Ninja maybe they Turtles. Te- or, or maybe they team up. I don't know. Hmm, maybe. Who could possibly uh, know that? My my full extent of knowledge on Wingnut as a character in the Ninja Turtles universe is that he was playable in the Tournament Fighters fighting game for the Super Nintendo. Uh, and that is it. That's what I remember about that character. <laughs> uh. So, uh... So that's, I mean, that's nice, I guess. I mean, that means less people will be coming after us for being really mad about this game, which, you know, spoiler alert, both of us are going to be really mad about this game. There is, 
There is just... Okay. I... <laughs> We're going into it. I originally suggested this game for uh, this episode because, you know, maybe you're listening to this in the future, but right now there's a bunch of shit going on in the RPG community. Lots of horrible stuff, people trying to make things better, and I thought, you know, Land of Og, we had both heard of it. It looked, yes. from the concept, like, oh, this is going to be just great. Just a real, you know, slam dunk of an episode. We can do something positive. Like well, it's the- kind of fascinating premise. Like, an absolutely fascinating premise that I was... Well, I, all I had heard of it before was just the, the base concept of the game. Uh, it, single sentence breakdown. And that wowed me to no end. To think that something like that, 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 that interesting, was out existing and had been for, like... 25 years oh yeah the fact that like the elevator pitched this game was so promising i was like great this is going to be awesome we could do a good positive episode you know really try and highlight some of the better things that this industry can do and oh baby did i fuck that one up This is basically a Shark Tank episode where the guy spends a bunch of time describing the contents of the box, and then when he opens it, there's just a poop in there. <laughs> um, so l- let me give you that boilerplate, that that one-sentence elevator pitch for this game. The core mechanic of the game is that your characters have limited vocabulary, uh, and when you're playing the game, you have to utilize that limited vocabulary to convey concepts to each other and to NPCs and so on to play the game. Uh, this is a really neat idea. Uh, you could do some cool stuff with that to be like, hey, your character maybe knows like 30 words. So you have to choose very carefully and you have to have your syntax right. And it's going to matter whether or not the person you're talking to knows the same 30 words. Yeah, the the whole premise of like, you're a caveman, you only know a few words. You've got to kind of get by not only with a limited vocabulary, but maybe... You know, you've got to do gestures or, you know, really kind of use the words you've got in a different way. It's it's such a great idea to be like, all right, we're going to have people try and accomplish a shared goal where communication is incredibly difficult. And that's such a fun space to play in. Not just a fun space, but I feel like it might even have even potentially been an important space to play in. Like, it's not like I'm a person who writes uh, routines or treatments for people with with learning disabilities and so on. But or or I, I was going to look for spectrum folks. But to, to me, the idea of a game that that utilizes a limited vocabulary palette would be invaluable as a teaching aid for people who need it. Uh, so I was super excited to see that and see how it could be kind of adapted and used. But ultimately, it's just a bunch of jokes, and they're not even good ones. No, god damn it. Like, even just right off the bat, the book starts with an introduction, which gives you the tone for the book where it's super chummy, but it's also just like, "Eh, these other role-playing games are dumb and bullshit, you should play our game. Yeah, it it basically takes the... We've seen this so many times in 90s comedy RPGs where 
It just takes every possible funny tone. So it opens with like, hey, you may have tried other role-playing games. Those are better than this one. <laughs> hey, uh, people are dumb as bags of hammers. You don't think that's true? You want to fight us in the parking lot? <laughs> it's just, you know, you get used to reading that kind of crap when you read a lot of comedy role-playing games. Um, but this one opens, yeah, with an introduction, a calling out of other role-playing games for having too many books, where this one fits everything you need to play into 64 pages, which honestly is true. Like, I, everything I need to know to play is right here in this book to let me know not to play this game and to go find something else. Yeah. They made uh, the game as hard and irritating and slapsticky as possible to ensure that you wouldn't actually try to play it. Oh, yeah. They just took the base concept and were like, how can we make this as annoying to try and access as possible? Right. Okay, so then it opens with basically the description of the world that you're going to be playing in by just going on at great length about how cavemen are dumb fucking morons. Just endless, oh, the cave people are dumb as bag. They're the stupidest, wettest, sweatiest, fattest, dumpiest idiots that ever lived. They suck butts. <laughs> and, and the whole time I'm like, no, they fucking didn't. They were vital and rad as hell. They were humans. They could hunt mammoths and shit. You can't fucking do that. Yeah. No, the... The tone that this book wants to take, I mean, at least at first, when they were like, oh, this is going to be a game where uh, cavemen and dinosaurs live at the same time. Yes, we know that's not true. No, we don't care. That's the fantasy dumb world we want to build. And I'm like, I am fine with that. If you want to say, yeah, it's just more fun if we have cavemen and dinosaurs interacting. I'm like, yeah, great. Go for it. But sure, then they're like, classic. yeah, but then they're just like, also... Every caveman is the absolute worst and a big old dump of a fart. And you're like, why? What? What is the <laughs> opinion that you have here? What caveman shit in your breakfast cereal, my dude? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, the idea that cavemen are stupid is largely rooted in like old cartoons, like where... Oh, gosh, these guys don't even know how to make a cosmopolitan. How, the, how could they be possibly intelligent? And then you're like, wait a minute. These are the people that mastered fire, figured out how to cook food, trained wolves, invented clothes, invented the written and spoken language, created art that we're still looking at 50,000 years later. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't know why I got my dander up on caveman defense mode. Hell, I don't even really like the word. Very few of these folks outside of Denny Sovins really lived in caves. Yeah, no, it's very true. Yeah, so anyway, uh, the basic premise of the game is, yes, you have a limited vocabulary for your character. They then immediately dump on that by saying that you can just grunt whatever you want to anyone anyway. Uh, you can convey any idea you really need to by just being like, uh, 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 kind of shit. Uh, and the words that you can know, there's a little list of possible words you can know. Uh, you'd think, oh, there's a list of words that people know, and then you can maybe learn some more. No, everyone except for the smart caveman knows one word. Well, I mean, it really sort of depends as well on what you end up rolling, which, yeah, God, that's a whole nother bag of fucking rocks to... Yeah, you want... You want to hear some mean, spirited, dumb bullshit? In this game, it uses the same 3D6 stat system that Dungeons and Dragons does, because obviously they weren't going to reinvent the wheel here. Or invent the wheel, am I right? Hey, hey! Uh, but instead of rolling 3D6 of your 3D6 per stat, 
you roll one d six, and it's still the same stat. Uh, yeah. it, it's you're the one stat you're good at. You roll two d six, and again, it is using the three d six scale. So your stats range from I am the worst at this anyone could ever possibly be to I am very close to the worst to this that anyone could ever possibly be, and that's all of your starting stats. Yeah, you have one stat with the two d six that you're like maybe. Maybe if I roll, you know, a 1 in 37, I get boxcars, I can be slightly above average. (laughs) If you roll boxcars, you'll get a plus one to your primary whatever. And that is the only way to get one. Otherwise, you either have, if you have a 10 or 11, you get nothing. Everything else is penalties, and they are big deal penalties. This game's all about picking up dice pools and rolling them, but everyone's got so many penalties on them that you're always just going to be rolling one die. Also, I don't know if maybe I missed it, but there's no way to increase these uh, attributes that I have found. I think there is. I, 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 uh, is that the, when you're looking at the classes, they have one line item that's just points. And I'm not sure if that's points for your things you can do roll or points that you can apply to your stats. Uh, so from what I was looking at, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, cause it talks about things you can do and that they cost points, yeah, but it so doesn't I figured say anything thing. about points for your, uh, actual attributes. Right. So you'd think there's gotta be a way to raise your attributes up because these stats all go to 18 and everyone has a one through six or a two through 12, but it never shows up as far as we can tell. My best guess was that you could spend your points either directly into attributes or into like buying quote unquote skills. But I have no way of knowing for sure because the game is very bare bones Um, by design. They, I mean, it's the same thing you see in a lot of these comedy games. They're like, everyone already knows what an ax is. So we're skipping that step in a paragraph that takes longer than just saying what an ax is. Yes. They're um, like, we got to give you two paragraphs to explain why we're very smart and why we aren't going to do certain things. And I'm like, just fucking say an axe is a big bladed weapon or some shit and move on. Yeah, or just put nothing there. Because the whole thing where you're like, well, let's spend, you know, half a page on, hey, if you don't even know what a sword is, then maybe you're a dumb caveman. <laughs> and it's just, okay, I get it. It's jokes. I, man. Why do we hate funny games so much? Is it just because they're always bad? Uh, oh, probably. Wait. It's because they're never funny. Yeah. The <laughs> I have just such a big problem with comedy games and when they decide to be quote unquote funny and when they don't. And the answer is almost always all the time. Never stop trying to be funny. Yeah, and yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> so, oh, here's by the, the way, word list. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, yeah, no, I, I was going to say, let's go back to the word list. Yeah, here's the word list. You, me, rock, water, fire, tree, blah, blah, blah. The one in there that's a joke, versimilitude. Verisimilitude. Verisimilitude, thank you. Man, I must be some kind of ha-ha, right? No, um, verisimilitude, because that's the joke. Mm-hmm. And your character, unless they're the one class that gets to start with two words, or they have a usually unusually high intelligence, which they will not, uh, will start with one of these words. If you're playing as the smart caveman class, you know two of these words. 
this is almost completely irrelevant because you can't convey these words to anyone who doesn't know the same word. Yeah, it was a weird choice to be like, oh, everyone's going to have maybe one or two words. And instead of that being an incentive to be like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, be able to talk about like fire. You go ahead and, and say something about like rock and then we'll try and you know, be able to figure stuff out together. They're just like, oh, no, if you don't have the same word, no one knows anything. You may as well not have chosen anything. Yeah, so unless everybody in the party picks tree, then there's no reason for any one person to pick tree because it doesn't matter how many times you say tree while pointing at a tree, you can't teach anyone anything without special skills, which are also super limited to keep the game from getting to an interesting place. Now, there's also... A one in six chance, if you're not the uh, brainy caveman, to roll a one on your intelligence score and your max number of words becomes zero, which means you don't even get the one word you would have gotten. Yeah, that's right. You can you can start the game with absolutely no known words. Yep. Not that it matters, because again, the game goes to, its, to great pains to explain to you that you can always convey any kind of information you need to through grunting and pointing. Which is odd, because they also, every time they do an example of play, they're like, oh yeah, and you know, this caveman says, go, bang, big smelly thing, and you know, people understand what he's talking about. I'm like, no, they don't. He just used five <laughs> words. There's no way some other caveman knows what the hell he just said. Right, yeah, the, the first example they use is when one of the players in their party decides to kill another player in their party... They say, go bang big smelly thing and point to whoever it is, uh, which is taken to interpret, I think it's time to kill Bob's caveman. Um, and of course, the problem being that that person somehow knows five words. No one else does. There's, there's, It's exceedingly unlikely anyone else knows more than three. Oh, yeah. I mean, to know five words as a max number of words, you would have to have a six or better on your brains which means rolling max unless that's your main stat. Yeah, and I don't believe that gives you five starting words. I think that gives you a maximum of five words. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a person who's maximized their stats unless they're a smart caveman um, using a, a, a whole sentence to say something that doesn't fucking matter because no one else will get it anyway. Yay. Now, can you teach other people words? Yes, uh, because there are... Skills in the game, two of which are teach word and learn word. Uh, they are twice as expensive as any other skill, and you can only start with one of the two of them based on the number of points they give you. So it is possible to take, for example, learn words, so you can go learn words from other cavemen. You can't learn words from cavemen unless they know teach word, and then they can only teach you one word, and you have to roll for it, and you can fail it, and they can forget words at any time. Mm -hmm. When it's... When it <laughs> So it's just a comedy game. It's just, I mean, ultimately... I oh, think also, it's it's worth noting that if someone teaches you a word, that's it. You can only ever learn one word from a caveman. So it's not like having someone with teach word and someone with learn word. They're like, oh, great. I'm going to just give all my words to them. Oh, no, you can get one. Yeah. Ever. So the idea is that you're supposed to, tra if you have learn word, you're supposed to travel the caveman world and learn words from cavemen that you encounter that have teach word. Uh, of course, that's up to the, D the DM as to whether or not they would like to include any of those. And since this game has a zany, wacky, 
characters don't matter, everyone's dying constantly, sense of humor to it, I'm going to go ahead and assume that they mostly just put one caveman in each town and all he can teach is verisimilitude. Hmm, hmm. Uh, there are five stats that you're rolling your 1d6 on. Uh, you will roll an additional d6 on one of those five stats, depending on which of the caveman archetypes you'd like to choose, because you're it's choosing a, both an arc. Sorry? It's six stats. Oh, is it six? I'm sorry. I thought it was five. Nope. Okay. You've got uh, strength, brains, speed, banging, health, and grunting. Mm, yeah. That, okay. Yeah. So there are six stats to choose from. One of them is going to be 2d6. The rest are going to be 1d6. Uh, each one of them correlates to a specific type of caveman you can play as. Uh, that said, there are... There's a whole section on stats, and you're supposed to choose your stat and then choose your caveman type, I think. It doesn't matter. Ultimately, you're always going to choose the one that correlates anyway. So if you're playing as a person who is a strong caveman, you're going to take that strong caveman class here, rolling 2d6, and you get all the benefits. Mm-hmm. Uh, the six classes you can choose from are strong caveman, fast caveman, banging caveman, grunting caveman, smart caveman, and healthy caveman. Uh, yeah. So there are two tables that you need to know for each one of your stat or, or each uh, stat you have. Uh, one of them is going to be a, a table for every stat in the game. The other one's a special table that you get for your class. So if you have strength, for example, you you have your everyone's going to have a strength score. It's going to be a roll of one d six if you're not a strong caveman. And uh, the game works by picking up pools of dice and rolling them, and then counting successes. And these are d sixes counting successes on the d6s and what's a success well it varies depending on the level and the class you are yeah so uh, you know it, certain it basically is doing a third ed base attack bonus progression so the better at hitting things you are the more numbers on a d6 will be a hit mm -hmm. and the more the more d6s you roll as well so uh you get progressively better in a variety of ways but never good exactly Especially because, keep this in mind, you roll 1d6 for strength, then you look at this handy-dandy what-is-my-strength-mean chart, uh, where you get a damage adjustment of minus 1 if you have 6, and minus 6 if you have 1. Yeah. If you are not a strong caveman, you are automatically doing less damage. Like, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Like, if I have a big old axe, it doesn't matter if I'm, you know, gonna swing that and it gives me plus a whole bunch of damage... Because honestly, I'm probably going to be at least like a minus three or minus four anyway. Yeah, which, like I was saying earlier, primarily means that most players in any given combat scenario are going to be picking up one die after calculating a bunch of crap about attack and defense, which are each adding and subtracting dice from your pool. You still end up having to make your way through this strength thing, which then is going to go ahead and drop you down to one die no matter what, because you can't be dropped below one. Well, the, the strength isn't how much dice you have, it's how much damage you do. Yeah, no, I know. So, uh, you'll still have a big grip of dice you can roll, it's just each die will only do one damage. That is a success. Right. Uh, okay, the other percentage on that one is a chance to break things, uh, capping out if you have a six strength at, what is it, 5%, I think? 6% somewhere, it's 5%. Five, 13? Five 13. Oh. Excuse me, I have scrolled down to a different table. I've got all the tables open in front of me. God, screwing me up. I'm going to put this thing away. Ah. All right. 
Then you've got speed, which controls your initiative. You get If you take the 2d6, you can go a little faster than everybody else. Uh, I don't know, John. Tell me something interesting about one of these stats, please. Okay, so you skipped over Brains, and Brains is probably one of the most important things in this game, uh, because while the other stats might make you, you know, oh, maybe I don't get a penalty to my damage, or, you know, I've got a few extra hit points or something else, Brains covers a few things where you basically either can't interact with the game or will just sort of die randomly. Mm -hmm. So one of the things is figure things out is a percent chance. And it's basically just like, oh, if there's a, you know, uh, it's raining and you need to roll, figure things out to realize you should get into shelter because you're so dumb. And... You, with a 1 in brains, have a 0% chance to figure things out. And even with a 6, you've got a 14%. So yeah. there's a lot of times it'll be like, oh, you're walking down a road and a tree covers the path. You're like, well, I guess we live here now. We can go no further. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, keep in mind that even the basic skills, which you can you have to roll to figure things out on, are things like climb. You can go up a hill as long as it's not too steep. Yeah, the the figure things out is essentially just like something happens. Are you able to do anything or do you just sit there gobsmacked like a goddamn idiot? Yeah, the other thing it can well, one of the other two things it controls, because we already mentioned max number of words. But the other thing it controls in a, a, a in counterpoint to the figure things out is the forget how to role, which you can use the DM can use to fuck with you at any time he wants. Yeah, and. This is for things that might not even have a skill associated with it. It just occasionally the DM can decide to just fuck with you for anything. So you'd be like, oh, hey, uh, you know, you're you're trying to run away from something. And you're like, oh, well, did you forget how to run? <laughs> yep, and yep. The example they use is a dinosaur is chasing you and you dive into a river to swim away. And then you... Uh, promptly forget how to swim because of how stupid cavemen are. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the fact that, again, even at the highest 1d6 level, you have a 36% chance to retain your, or not lose your knowledge. Right, yeah. You, if you roll a uh, above a 38 on, on a, a percentile die, you've forget how to do the thing and since you're going to be getting called to do this constantly you're going to be constantly forgetting stuff and just kind of randomly dying it's real shit uh and it means that basically brains is one of the only things that you're really going to care about unless you want to rely on grunting Right, because grunting, I mean, well, we get, we'll get to grunting in a second. It's the last of the stats, and we'll get there. At the moment, there's speed, or, uh, which has an initiative adjustment, which can range, unless you're a fast hero, or fast caveman, excuse me, from uh, plus six on a low roll to plus one on a roll low uh, uh, initiative chart. So you can only have penalties, and also 
dice reduction, which is the number of dice reduced from an enemy trying to hit you because of how agile you are. So when they pick up their pool, they have to take out a number of dice that's equivalent to the listing on the chart for how agile you are. This ranges from they get six extra dice to they just get one extra die. Yeah. It's Even... not reduction. They are they are more accurate because of how fucking clumsy everyone is. I should also point out that for most stats, uh, the chart that's like you get messed up or you get good, uh, the seven slot, even for about half of them, will still be just as bad as a six, which means that you have a very distinct chance even in the this is my main uh, stat with your 2d6 to just still also get a penalty. Yep, top of the bell curve, baby. If you roll that average seven, you still suck, even though it's the thing you're supposed to be good at. Yeah. Uh, the next one's banging, and boy howdy, did they very obviously, because if you go to the end of the book, there is a... Uh, character sheet on the mm -hmm. character sheet it calls this hitting but at some point they decided that they could get a lot more comedy mileage out of calling it banging because yeah. you see you see banging there's a, a, a common parlance is also maybe sex maybe perhaps sex so as you can imagine anytime the banging stat is discussed it's like hey a banging caveman will bang a rock into another rock, but if he sees a woman, he'll bang that too. Huh? 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 He'll also hit her. Oh, yeah. There's, God. The actual entry for the banging caveman class has an entire thing where it's like, hey, you, you know, he'll try to solve everything by banging. Even, you know, if he sees a woman who's not listening, he'll bang her too, huh? Spousal abuse. <laughs> <laughs> get it? Do you get what I'm saying? Ah. So banging uh, is just your damage, basically. Uh, it's... it's, uh, it's it's extra dice rather than damage. It's accuracy, essentially. Yeah, it's it's effectively, exactly. It's effectively accuracy. Uh, there are two charts on it. One of them is for missile weapons. The other one is for uh, melee weapons. Missile weapon is just even more punishing than melee. There's not really a difference. Yeah, it's just, oh, it's harder to hit with missile weapons than it is non. Sure. Yep. Then the next stat after that is health which is pretty much what it sounds like. It's Constitution. Although in this book, what it weirdly is every time, and it comes up several times, is Richard Simmons jokes. It was a weird choice. I was like, man, I I don't know when people were, like, obsessed with Richard Simmons for stuff, but oh, there's was like definitely a point where you can look at a book, and if it's got anything about, like, exercise or working out, or being healthy, they're going to have some Simmons shit in there. Right, yeah. No, it was, uh, it, Simmons was super big in the late 80s and the early 90s, and then he decided to retire, and then he was briefly famous like three years ago because some podcast showed their whole ass and like trying to find him and shit, even though he just didn't want to be found. Ugh. So, so he's been a running gag for fucking forever, 
But in this book, they don't really have that much to say about him. They're just like, hey, health nuts, right? Am I right? Here's a picture of Richard Simmons. You'll be as healthy as Richard Simmons. You could dance like Richard Simmons. Richard Simmons. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, it, it, it's a real weird thing to go into. <laughs> well, especially, here's the other thing. He's the only lampooned celebrity in this book. Yeah. I was like, oh, you didn't decide to be like, oh, and, you know, strong caveman, we're going to talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger, am I right? And uh, uh, But no, it was just like, oh, we're going to do this one not-quite-celebrity-celebrity thing. Yeah, we're going to go after the exercise guy because he was an easy target in the early 90s when when the first draft of this was written. But keep in mind, the draft we're reading is from, like, 2001. He had already retired. They could have you know, punch this up a little bit and given us less bad pictures of Richard Simmons in here. What This is like shitty mad magazine. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Anyway, that one adjusts your starting hit points uh, all for the worse. So most starting characters will usually have one or two hit points. And, uh, and the other thing it does is there is a chance that if you take a bunch of damage at one point, time it doesn't give you any like specifics for this just oh if you survive an attack roll that does a lot of damage then you have to roll out cold to see if you just pass out right and And it's of course it's uh, higher percent the lower your score yeah if you're not a healthy caveman the chance that you'll get knocked out by any given attack is 36 percent Yep, that's, that's the maximum the chance. That's the best you can do. If you have a health of one, you get knocked out 80% of the time you take any damage. Although, you know, don't worry too much about that because you guaranteed to have one hit point, so you'll die. Mm, mm, and won't mm. that be great? Won't that be nice? That'll be that'll be great. That'll get you out of the spotlight. Mm, that'll mm. bring you the peace that Richard Simmons is probably looking for today. Uh, finally, we have grunting. Which is basically the the bullshit do whatever luck stat. Yeah, it's the, the luck roll that this game uses as if it was the magic roll as well. Yeah, they're like, oh, grunting is essentially if you wanted to be a wizard because you just sort of grunt at things and hope stuff happens. And the two abilities it have it has is uh, make something happen, which is just you can roll a percent chance based on your grunting score to. See if something happens. Uh-huh. Just as, And I think you have a little bit of control over it. Like, you can kind of say, like, I don't want to die from... Or that's the next thing. That you can be like, oh, I kind of wish this dinosaur would die. And then you can roll your grunting. And you don't really control how it happens. But if you make the roll, then something happens. Yeah, you're like, the, oh, I'm, I forgot how to swim because I was running from a dinosaur. Now I'm drowning in a river. Uh, I'm going to roll this and see if maybe there's a log I grab onto. Yeah, because I'll grunt about it. And then because of the power of grunting and belief, there's a log now. Uh, The other column on this one, the other ability it grants you is save your ass, which is the exact same thing. It has the exact same percentage chances per stat. There's no difference between them at all. And ultimately, I feel like they only split it out because every other stat in this game had two columns. Yeah, I mean, at least... The thing with this is save your ass is just basically make something happen, but with a narrower focus on what it can do. Yeah, it is literally make something happen, except that 
it only triggers if you're about to die. But the thing is, you could still use make something happen if you were about to die. And the percentage chances aren't different, so there's no fucking difference at all. There's no reason for this to have been split out. Uh, it's literally just split out because there's two columns. I mean, I guess you could say if your caveman already took lethal damage, you could say, oh, I'll roll save your ass as an after the fact, whereas make something happen would be a before the fact. I guess, but ultimately that would be a lot easier to, you know, put into the game by saying, also, you can roll this make something happen roll when you're at zero health points to see if it saves your ass. Yeah, well, so <laughs> I'm going to stick to my guns here. These are two different things because every other stat had two things. Mm. And then we get into the character classes and they're don't be don't be expecting anything different than everything you just heard. There's a strong caveman who gets 2d6 for strength. Uh, they get better hit numbers when they're rolling to, to a hit stuff and better attack dice than everyone else. Uh, but they are fiendishly expensive to level up. The the other thing is they just don't get as many points as some of the other people. Or yeah, rather, right. I guess they do get the same amount. It's just compared to the brain or the smart caveman. Yeah, they use the regular track. Well, the uh, smart caveman uses basically a doubled track for how many points you get. There are other small variances between them, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, and every one of these just gets a story about how they're like, oh, some cavemen decided that they would be good at picking up big rocks. And then they threw those big rocks at other cavemen. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. It's all just like, oh, the invention of the strong caveman is when someone told someone who was picking up a rock to just hold it over him when it was raining and the strain made him strong. And of course, yeah. the person who told him to put the rock over him—that was the uh, the smart caveman, right? And for whatever reason, probably it's the running gag in here. Every one of these six stories has an intro of the grunt or the uh, a different origin story for the grunting caveman, the kind of wizard of the group, mm -hmm. um, which gets really bad when it gets to the banging caveman because then they're like, oh. The caveman that was really good at having sex and banging would make big noises, and that was the invention of the grunting caveman. Mm. All right, smart cavemen, they get better points for everybody else than they're buying for buying the uh, things you can do skill rolls, worse to hit numbers, uh, and worse hit dice than uh, the strong cavemen do. But they only take half as much XP to level up as a strong caveman does. Yeah. And I, mean, I want to—I'll make this point right now. Uh, this game's XP system is stupid. It's just like every D and D's XP system, but the numbers are ridiculous. To get a caveman to a strong caveman to level two takes fifty thousand XP, and the uh, the the most you get for like beating a monster or something is like five hundred. Yeah. So they they want you to play this comedy one joke game for thousands of hours to get to level two without somehow dying yeah it's it's bad yeah it's just more bad i just thought you might like to know there's more bad yeah and there's no reason for the strong caveman to have this i mean the base attack is better than most people but even then mm -hmm. like fast caveman has a better base attack number because he's more accurate because speed is accuracy. Yep. And his 
points are garbage. He doesn't have the best hit numbers. Again, fast caveman, better at that. And banging caveman, better at that. Mm-hmm. Like, he just doesn't have anything that makes him particularly useful. And he's the most expensive to level up. Well, it's almost like they just didn't give a shit, John. I'm not sure if... I mean, it feels to me, I, I know that can't be accurate. There's no way that can be the case. Oh, there has but, to be a logical explanation for this. Yeah. I mean, I know it seems on initial evaluation and secondary evaluation that it's just half-assed, thrown-together bullshit, but that can't be right. <laughs> anyway, then you get to the healthy caveman, and wouldn't you know it, there's another picture of a Richard Simmons caveman and another joke about Richard Simmons. Hey, great. Yeah, we can move on from there. They aren't very interesting. They don't get anything different than anybody else. It's just changes in the numbers. Yeah, it's sad that you don't get at least something for being one of these classes where it's like, oh, okay, you know, if you're the, I don't know, the fast caveman, you get some ability that lets you go do something. Whether it's like, oh, I can run away automatically or... I can just have a one-time permanent or a one-time guaranteed hit or something. But no, it's just, uh, here's your number spread. That's it. Yep. Yeah, it's just boring. And then we get to this game's alignment. Or, wait, I didn't talk about the grunting caveman, but guess what? It's the same shit. It's just a story about how these guys think they're wizards and sometimes they're right. And then moving right along, we get to an alignment system. Yeah. Also, it is worth noting that the... Uh, the grunting caveman is the worst at combat, uh, even more so than the smart caveman. Yep, that's right. Uh, they will only ever, at most, get a one or a two uh, is a hit on their dice. Unlike, you know, a one through three for, uh, like, smart and healthy, or if you're a fast caveman, you get up to a one through five at max level yeah or a banging yeah. caveman too but these guys are hilariously inaccurate but that's because they, they aren't supposed to be trying to be accurate they're supposed to grunt every turn to see if they can cause something to happen even though their percentage chances are very low even a i think even if you rolled boxcars on these guys the chance to successfully grunt out something relevant is like 38 percent yeah make something happen at a 12 is 30 percent yeah, so that's what you're doing. You're spending your time playing for that 3 in 10 chance of a neat thing happening, and otherwise just sort of running away and taking damage. Great. The alignment system is a joke about the 9 alignment D&D system, the 2-axis the, the, the two grid, uh, where the first axis is really kinda and not really, and the second axis is good, bad, and ugly. Uh, Say axum, which... I guess. The uh, <laughs> the fact that they were like, we're going to go for a joke about the nine axes thing. I was like, cool, 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 cool. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, that's fine. That's a joke you can do. Mm -hmm. But then Lord knows we've done it like the the really and kind of and not really and the good, bad and ugly don't even have a consistent meaning in anything. They're just like, maybe good means it's. You're nice, or maybe it means you're not. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, and the problem is that good and bad don't necessarily translate into, you know, mean and nice. 
they actually translate into their original meanings, quality variations. So, for example, if you take the really bad, and keep in mind, this game made a big joke about how it didn't have room to include stats for a net, but it does have two and a half pages to devote to whatever alignment means. Yes. Um, Really bad is just your average, spending most of your time sticking to the daily routine of life. It is very difficult to choose or convince a really bad caveman to go out of his way. When given a choice, it is so hard to come to a conclusion that he usually doesn't. These cavemen are usually follows who do what th- followers who do what they're told. What? That's it. But that's, that's what really but bad. That's the is. opposite of what your last sentence was. Like, oh, they won't go out of their way to do anything for anyone. Also, they're followers and do what they're told. No, those are mutually exclusive. You can't be like, oh, they'll <laughs> never do anything you say, but they'll totally do anything you say. Yeah, these read like bad horoscopes. Uh, the (laughs) the kind of bad caveman is sensitive but also has times where they're tough (laughs) travel's probably okay for the really ugly caveman but watch out for kind of ugly cavemen Uh, it's not a good time to start a new business with them not really good cavemen it's maybe okay to talk to other people though watch out a friend might say something to you that you don't agree with. <laughs> You're smart and insightful. <laughs> uh, You're a really a... cool person and everyone likes. The stars all agree on this. <laughs> uh, the stars all all say that you're a wonderful and excellent person, but you know they're lying. <laughs> Thanks, Weird Al. You got it. Here, by the way, here's these plates. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Uh, then we get to a description of gear that you can take in the game, and there's weapons that you can choose from, and in the grand tradition of every comedy game ever written, they have to put in a weapon called a pointy thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't have a boomerang, they have bent stick that comes back. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have, of course, short pointy thing, long pointy thing, large sharp thing. Ugh. And you know these jokes. These jokes were in Tales from the Floating Vagabond. Yeah, we've been dealing with this shit for oh, like seven years now. And uh-huh. God yep. damn it. <laughs> the one thing I will say is I got to here and I just immediately went, but why? You have an entire game that's about, you know, grunting and jokes and trying to use two words to convey everything and you get to the equip the equipment list and it just looks like every other game's equipment list and you're like all right well here's the additional dice and the minimum score to use and here of course is the value of it in small carcass trade yeah and the other fun thing about that is that the names of them are written in caveman style parlance where it's like oh pointy thing sharp thing big heavy thing but also, a number of them are written in caveman parlance, but use words that are not allowable to any caveman, like hmm. bent thing that comes back when you throw it. Three of uh, three out of four of those words are not in the in the known word list. Also, net and bow are two different things you can get. Not a thing you could say either, but whatever. Yeah, I assume you have to call it, you know, thing, true Verisim- thing, verisimilitude thing. <laughs> Uh, uh, there's also armor, which is just ablative. It's, hey, you get, you know, like 
four hit points worth of protection out of wearing big leaves. Once those four are gone, that's it. Uh, it also gives you some defense dice to use until your armor is gone. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you can also get, like, helmets, and there are a couple of tool items that you can take as well. Fire starter kits and, and uh, like, fishing lines, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, you're buying all of that with, I think, the the small, the exchange unit of currency in this game is the uh, small ant dead animal. Yeah, the small animal carcass. Yeah. Uh, the, keep in mind that they keep consistently mention that cavemen, when fighting, should be able to find and defeat small furry animals and eat them. There's a line in here about how no caveman, no matter how strong they might be, would have a chance in combat against even the smallest dinosaur. Which doesn't sound like a bad idea in story terms, but as a person who spends a lot of time studying dinosaurs, it pissed me off quite a bit, John. There are very small dinosaurs. Yeah, the smallest dinosaur is the bee hummingbird. It's the size of a fucking quarter. It weighs less than two grams. But, you know, even even if you're setting aside that these people were, there's no way they were going to know that dinosaur or that avian dinosaurs are just birds, uh, that we can skip past that. Even then, it's still going to be some little tiny ass lizard thing. Yeah, it's going to be some little, like, size of a rat, maybe, and it just runs around and is like, ah, I scavenge and try to get eggs or whatever. That's just pedantry on my part. It just, when I saw it, I was like, there had to be a better way to say that. Uh. Just go ahead, or, or, you know, you could take the comedy route and be like, look, we know there's a vast diaspora of weird dinosaurs of all shapes and sizes, but in the caveman world, there's, like, four. You got Brontosaur... Mm. Uh, Triceratops, Stegosaurus, T-Rex. Done. All the ones anyone gives a shit about. Okay? All right? The ones you knew when you were five, they're here. Yeah, if you're, right. if They're you're, all here. If you're feeling wacky for an extra dollar, you can to uh, toss in an Ankylosaur. Which, or, by I, God, I will. Or maybe a Velociraptor, because fucking Jurassic Park. And I know you're going to like... Is, Ankylosaur's got to be up there on your dinosaur list. Oh, yeah. It's basically number one for me. Yeah, because it's a big, slow thing with a funny turtle shield and a funny tail. Oh, yeah. I'm like, come on. Who doesn't love this? It's the, it's land the manatee man of the land. Yeah, I was going to say, it's the land manatee. It's uh, it's perfect. If manatees had a big armory shell. Yeah, which <laughs> they would, but, you know, then they and wouldn't they the be able to get warm hugs. <laughs> well, they, they returned to the ocean and shed their warm shell in favor of hugs. Indeed. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem is they keep trying to hug all these boats. Yeah, they get they're just like, hello, speedboat. I'd like to give you a friendly hug. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, it's OK. I forgive you. If I didn't have 14 inches of blubber on me, that'd hurt slightly more. Uh, but it does hurt quite a bit, though. OK, I'm bye. dying. This is a problem. <laughs> Why the fuck are we in Florida? It's not fair. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, next thing on the book is the list of things you can do. These are skills that you can purchase with the aforementioned points that everyone gets a set number of per level. Uh, now, usually everyone gets one per every level beyond first, except for smart guys who get two. Yeah, you start with three. So everyone has three things they can do. And then you can spend points to get more. Yeah, there in the caveman world, there's only three things to do. <laughs> Climbing, jumping, 
and running <laughs> and nothing. Uh, now, just real quick, uh, rather than making more hug me, I'm scared jo- or don't hug me, I'm scared jokes, let me just read climbing to you to give you an idea of how pathetic these are and what the humor level is. Climbing gives your caveman the ability to climb up basic land masses like hills, trees, and mountain slopes, which are not too steep. And that's because there is a skill called better climbing. <laughs> There's also yeah. a better jumping skill. Yeah, because jumping just lets you jump over like tree logs and small animals and stuff like that. Uh, it, it specifically says, no, you cannot jump over a charging dinosaur. Hmm. Hmm. Fuck you. Let me try. Let's see what the dice say. Well, I mean, it's this game. The dice say no. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then the rest of them you have to purchase with points. Uh, all of them cost one point, except for learning word and teaching word, which each cost two. Yeah, so unless you are smart, you'll probably have to save up for a level if you want to get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even then, if you're smart, you can only learn one of the two, which neither of which is going to be especially useful. I guess you could learn more words up to your max, but teach caveman is not a useful skill to pick unless you know other players have learned word. Yeah, it's essentially just for smart caveman who's like, I've got a a ton of points that I'm going to get, and I'm also going to be the only one who probably has a decent amount of words. All right, fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm looking at, so th- climbing, jumping, and running are the three you have. Um, there isn't swimming, as far as I can tell. Instead, there's only stay afloat. Hmm. Uh, stay afloat is you won't be able to win any swim meets, but you will be able to last longer in a rushing river. Great. Yeah. But keep in mind that there's there's no way to know how to swim. All you can do is learn how to float. Yeah. There is a skill called weather sense. You know, have the ability to know what the weather is like. For example, if water is hitting the top of your caveman's head, then the character knows that it is raining and can let the other players know. (laughs) Ha ha ha. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, do you think that would be funny once, even? Or is it only supposed to be funny in the book? Or how is this working? Yeah, that's one of those things where I'm like, okay, are you putting things in here like verisimilitude, where you're like, haha, no one gets this. Like, in the game, we just filled up word count with a thing to make you go like, oh, I see. It's a it's a funny joke. That's great. I I'm not going to spend any points on that. Right. Uh, finally, there is a things you can't do table, which is just another joke. Uh, it's a list of things that your character can't do. Uh, you choose one thing your character can't do, uh, at first level, and then an additional thing your character can't do every four levels beyond that. Um, unless you're a smart caveman, in which case you choose faster. Uh, these are these, the abilities you would expect to see in other role-playing games. Uh, so things like fireballs and picking pockets and tapping land. Yeah, I don't, all the other ones are very clearly from certain things. You know, you've got Jack into the Matrix and Teleport and Turn Undead and all of this stuff. One is play that stupid Minotaur from that stinking collectible card game. And I don't know what he's talking about. I assume he's talking about Magic the Gathering, but what what stupid Minotaur, what are you talking about? I don't know. It would have been created in 1993 or before, though, right? Because that's like, the... Did you just have a friend with a Minotaur deck that made you angry? What is your deal? Yeah, there's no way to know. There are multiple jokes about magic, though, because one of the other things you can't do is tap land for, for mana. Yeah. 
okay. I mean, it doesn't say for mana. It just says tap a land card. So while you're playing this, you cannot also play magic because you can't tap a land card. I got to assume it's, what's his name, John? Help me out here. It's that, that old ass minotaur that's one red red. The uh, Hulrune or Yeah, Hurloon. Yeah, Hurloon. The Hurloon Minotaur, which is just a 2-3 three for 3. I, 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 I guess I'm, we're assuming that this is back when magic cards weren't good. Yeah, I assume. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, it's a list of things you can... Weirdly, though, and they don't address this even in a joke format, that means that you can do all these things until you choose not to, or not to be able to anymore? Well, no, because they're not on your list of things you can do. Uh, yeah, but they're also not on your list of things you can't do. Yeah, but they're also not on the list of things you can do. I, I hear you, John, and I want you to know that I hear you and I understand you, but the thing, <laughs> I, the point I'm trying to get across is they are not on the list of things you can't do. Okay, but have you considered that these things on this list are also not on the list of things you can do? Oh, shoot. You know what? I think we're going to have to agree to a detente on this one. Because I would like for my character to be able to tap a land card whenever he would like. Until he gets high enough level that he has picked all of these. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And then he'll finally give up on tapping land cards. Yes. All right. At that point, there's a bunch of generic role-playing game stuff. Uh, luckily, there's a very simple order of battle page. You roll initiative. Low number goes first. The attacker adds his base attack dice, the weapon's additional attack dice, and any distance modifiers if using a ranged weapon. Then the defender adds his base defense dice to his regular defense dice. Then you subtract the defender's number from the attacker's number. The attacker rolls this many dice, uh, checks for successes on those dice, and then applies that number of uh, damage plus their strength modifier uh, in damage to their their target. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you just keep going until someone's dead. Yeah, which generally just means you're probably not going to roll a whole lot of dice. If you get a hit, you're going to do one point of damage. So we're just going to get into a big old slap fight until someone's dead. Uh, yes, that is correct. And then when that's all done and through, and we've gotten through all the movement and survival rules that I just don't feel like talking about on air because who cares? Uh, we get to this game's bestiary, which is blessedly simple. Hmm. Every animal or every monster is reduced to six columns: a name, a caveman name, attack dice, defense dice, average health, and average experience. And you see right away when looking at this that you're not going to kill anything, and everything's going to kill you. Oh yeah! Even with teamwork, you're like, okay, what is it? Uh, here's an Ankylosaurus, John's favorite. It rolls ten attack dice. It has fifteen defense dice, neither of which is going to be reduced by having shitty stats because it doesn't have stats at all. Uh, it has 45 health. And, uh, yeah, you're cave- not to do anything. Cavemen call it a big thing. Great. You're not you know what? They this. also call a Brachiosaurus big thing and a Brontosaurus big thing. And an Iguanodon is a big thing. A Stegosaurus, why, that's a big thing. And Triceratops, big thing. Big and, thing. Uh, and if I want to wrap that up, uh, my, it says here they call my Dongus a big thing. It turns out uh, this is a smelly thing. Oh, that's right. I suffer from stinky dick. <laughs> oh, I'm surprised you didn't tell me that my that uh, it makes some joke about how old I am in that situation. Hmm. The hmm. ca- the caveman had a name for my dongus. 
All right, well, that's the entire game. There is a whole second game that takes up several pages at the end of the book as well, uh, which is a bare-bones war game. Which uh, I don't know if that was... I didn't, you know, look up, but I don't know if this was a thing where, like, actually the first game they made was this, like, miniatures combat caveman thing which turned into the RPG, or if this is just a joke about chainmail. Uh, it, it's the other way around. It is the second game they made with this game, with the uh, Land of Og game being first, and they made it as its own product in 1993 and sold it, as it says here in the book, for $3. Great. So it was a $3 role-playing game that, or, or tabletop battle game that you could play back in the olden days. Uh, you basically get two or 300 points to spend, and cavemen cost five points, and then you buy gear for them. It's old Warhammer jokes. It's just old Warhammer jokes. Uh, you need your own. It says use miniatures to represent your cavemen. The only thing you can put on the field is cavemen, but some of them can be in, in orc trucks, and it's also possible to summon dinosaurs to step on things. The thing is, the rules for this are actually somewhat usable as opposed to, you know, the RPG's rules, which are you make a character, they suck at everything, they die immediately. You're absolutely right. This is more usable and more playable. It is, however, you know, even in 1993, there were better games you could play that this is just copying off of. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, just a six-page, hey, you've played a combat game before here it is Mm -hmm. it's just what if your warhammer army was cavemen and you fought another warhammer army that was cavemen and they were terrible okay have fun yay so that's that you used some of your points to give them i don't know rocks and bear skins hooray yeah you give them armor and then one of them has a pet dinosaur and it does extra damage because it can once per fight can stomp on an area so you know, it's like they, they played Lizard Man and they knew how they worked, and then they were like, fuck it, let's just write a short version of of this that's caveman. You and I have actually done the exact same thing, John. We've done this same joke. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, again, workable. It's not like you couldn't just go, okay, I mean, the max number of cavemen you can possibly have on the field is 10, so it's not like you're going to be needing a huge amount of space or a big investment and stuff. Honestly, the afterthought shitty uh, miniatures game is worlds better than the actual role-playing game. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, I wouldn't play either one of them. Let's Sorry, spoiler alert, but oh, you're right. It, it, it is better. It, it does add up to a better thing. Yeah, it is an actual workable game that has rules that allow you to play it. Yeah, absolutely. So... I guess at this point, John, it is time for us to get into the classic uh, ending of any one of these episodes where we spiral into chaos and I forget what I'm saying. Instead of doing that, though, I'm going to ask you what your favorite thing about this game is. Sure. All right. So the best thing in this game, very clearly and obviously, is the premise of having characters with a limited vocabulary. Yeah. Yeah. The that's a- I. Yeah, the idea that you would have characters that can only use a couple words, that you have to convey meaning or intent with only a few options, that's a super fun and interesting way to play a game. And honestly, you don't need to have an entire book of (laughs) jokes 
Because the whole thing is you'll get comedy from your game out of the fact that players are trying to communicate with such little available word and like selection that the whole misunderstanding thing is going to be the comedy of the game. You don't have to tell me that it's going to be funny by having a joke on every page. No, you're absolutely right. This game had a brilliant premise in the concept of a limited vocabulary system, which ultimately I feel like would make an excellent one page RPG or micro game, or even a full fledged RPG. If you know, if you really run with that concept instead of presenting it and then just ditching it for nothing but jokes. Yep. Uh, so that that was really sad for both of us. I mean, it's 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 we should have managed our expectations better here. At the moment we opened this up and saw it was a goofball comedy game, we should have been like, all right, never mind. It's not really about that cool premise. Hmm. Uh, hmm. I mean, ultimately, I'm going to agree with you because outside of that that premise, that idea, there's nothing in here I give even a little bit of a shit about. Ah. There's they didn't do anything else where I'm like, that's a neat idea. There's there. Not once. It's the only thing that's kind of fun is that is that language concept. Yep, it's the best thing in here. Mm-hmm. So, what would you say is your least favorite thing in this game? Oh, the least favorite thing in this game. I mean, there's a lot, but I'm going to go ahead and pick one thing that we didn't talk about. Cool. Hit, hit me with it. And that is the fact that the end of this book has an ad for an expansion. After the entire introduction is about how there's no expansion needed and every other game that has expansions is bullshit and stupid. <laughs> it's true. It does. I think it's supposed to be like a book of adventures or something. Oh, no, wait. It's, it says here, specialty caveman kits, source material on caveman interaction, a sample adventure, and caveman life in the big cities. Yeah, no, it is straight up just a supplement where you're like, oh, I can take my strong ma- caveman and be an impressively strong caveman. And that is, oh God, the fact that they're like, oh, we're going to do an entire introduction. That's a joke about how everything else has expansions and we don't, and then have an ad for an expansion is like, God, if that was on purpose, that would be amazing, but I know it isn't. And you're just the worst. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're absolutely right. That's dumb. I mean, I'm sure that book opens with a whole page of, expl- of explanation as to, you know, oh, we I know we said that that expansions are stupid, but hey, hey, there's money to be made. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, yeah. I, I get it if it's a payoff. That's fine. Uh, I'm going to say my least favorite thing in this game is the, you know, I want to say banging just because that was such a bad joke, but I'm actually going to take the the pointless digs on Richard Simmons for no reason. Yeah, sure, go for it. I'm gonna say, I mean, ultimately, it doesn't fit the theme of the game. There's no jokes where you're like, oh, I guess a strong caveman is Sylvester Stallone, am I right? Because that guy's big and muscly, and sometimes it can seem like he has a limited vocabulary, because that's the kind of joke we'd make. Uh, but, you know, it's just Richard Simmons out of nowhere, and it's the only. thankfully, the only real jokes they have on him are that he's weirdly energetic and that he's always willing to go do stuff, and everyone else hates him because of how, how energetic he is to the books, minimal credit. They don't make any gay jokes. That is honestly, when we were first bringing it up, I was like, I feel like the only reason they included it is because, you know, when they were first writing this, it's the early nineties and making fun of gay people is an easy hit. 
But right. the fact you, that there aren't any in here, I was like, wow, all right. Well, good restraint, I guess. It makes me wonder if they if it was 1993, like you don't even need to actually say that these characters might be kind of lighten the loafers, if you know what I mean. They could literally just say, oh, one example of this char- this character type is Richard Simmons. <laughs> because, you know, in 1993, all the assholes would know what you meant. Yeah. Right. Um, but I- I'm just going to say... Leave fucking Richard Simmons alone. The guy was just like a weird exercise teacher. He didn't do anything to you. <laughs> Fuck off with that shit. Yeah. Just fucking give me that leave Britney alone guy, but have him yelling about Richard Simmons, because that dude doesn't need the doesn't need your fucking aggravation. All right. Especially there especially in a book when you're not gonna take a single shot at anyone else. Yeah. It's nineteen ninety three. Where's your pot shots at I don't know, fucking Oprah or uh I don't know who was famous in 1993 that I would give a shit about in this day and age. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, Nirvana. One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where's your? Where's? Where's all the jokes about rock music? Huh? Where's yeah. the good caveman jokes? <laughs> I want good caveman jokes, and I want that vocabulary thing to actually be the seed of a good game. Come on, just tell me that one thing in here is something you don't want to do but it's a living. <laughs> there you go. You should hold you should have a whole section in here that's just Flintstones jokes. That would be great. Just oh, your washing machine is I don't know, a fucking woolly mammoth and he's blowing wa- blowing water on your dishes. Get it? Cuz Flintstones, right? Hey. Hoo ha. Instead all the jokes are you bang women. This also means hit. Yeah. Uh would you play this game? Uh no. I would love to play a version of this game, and I I swear to God, there's got to be a game out there that has this premise and does it without being a pile of shit. Yeah, and if there isn't, look, there's a lot of our listeners that are aspiring or already game designers. Take this as a call to action. This, This whole concept of limited vocabulary and exchanging ideas through that is really good for a role-playing game especially in our, our current climate where micro games are the thing that everyone wants to see anyway do it do it do it and then send it to us and we won't review it on the show because it's new and it's a fan game yeah well actually it's not even a fan game it's just a indie game yeah yeah an indie game of our fans <laughs> yeah i mean you'd probably be our fan but that doesn't i don't want the game to be about us so it couldn't be a fan game exactly right i don't know i I'm not sure what the the exact boundary game of fan game is. Anyway, <laughs> it might even be a term I just made up. Who gives a shit? There you go. I would also not play this game, John. Great. Good. Good and great. Good and great. But that said, I am going to make a character for it. That's right. And so am I, unfortunately. <laughs> because we have to. We have to make characters in these games. That's our bonus content, and if you want our bonus content, you go to patreon.com slash systemmastery, and this is the cheapest bonus content. You can get this one for a dollar. For a dollar? (laughs) Yeah, it's the same price as getting your dick slapped, special only here with us. All you have to do is go on through to our patreon.com slash systemmastery, support us at the $1 level, uh, and you end up with the bonus uh, content for System Mastery, where we make characters in the game we just reviewed. Uh, it lets us get a little more in-depth, although in this case, I think we got all the depth. Um, we get a little more in-depth. We have a few more jokes. It's usually a bit more loose of an experience. It's a lot of fun. 
And that's not even the only bonus content you can get. No. In fact, we make, uh, I think it's like nine bonus episodes a month available at varying levels of Patreon support. Yes, indeedy. We have a lot of content. We have a lot of content and we have a lot of growing to do because, John, I got to tell you, we're like $100 away from the goal that we set as a joke. Boo. Boo. <laughs> Uh, my world is crumbling around me. I don't know what's real anymore. In fact, we're at a point now where I have to let people know that, yes, if we hit $3,000, we will stu- still do what the $3,000 goal is, which is purchase a pig. Uh, <laughs> but we will do it after COVID, okay, if there's ever an end to it, because we don't know how to purchase pigs, and I, th- I assume we'd have to go talk to people to do it. Yeah, probably. So, uh... So we will we will still do that, and once again, please do not send us a bunch of worried emails about how teacup pigs aren't real or how pigs make terrible pets. We have all of that figured out. We are ready to go. We are not going to do anything stupid beyond the stupid thing we already promised to do. <laughs> We're not going to do anything stupid more than normal. <laughs> so uh, once again, patreon.com slash system mastery. Support us at the $1 level to unlock this content, and we'll see you real soon over there, and thank you. But then, John, I also do need to mention that we have a couple of announcement masteries this week. Yes, that's right, we do. Mm. And uh, I'm going to dig one of them up real quick here and get started on that. Uh, as always, you can get announcement masteries by uh, going to our website. There is a button on the top of our website, uh, systemmasterypodcast.com, where you can give us 50 bucks and we will read something for you on the internet. That's right. We'll just read whatever. I mean, mostly. Just, you know, standard disclaimer of don't put horrible shit. Yep. So we have two of them to read this week. I'll take the first one. This one's coming to us from, looks like us. So I'm going to go ahead and say it that way. Hello, listeners. It's me, either Jeff or John. And today I want to talk to you about Dark Lord, a game which I have neither read nor played, but am contractually obligated to endorse. Dark Lord is a tabletop role-playing game where you are the big evil bad guy, big bad evil guy, excuse me, and you make use of a non-standard party paradigm pillaged from Ars Magica. Only one player runs their Dark Lord at a time, trading off at the end of each adventure, with the other players at the table taking on the role of their minions. Balance boldness and cowardice as a minion to win the favor of your Dark Lord without getting killed by the heroes, and you can cash in on that favor for mana at the end of the adventure. When it's your turn to play the Dark Lord, you can spend that mana on building your terrible empire into a haven of evil. If you're listening to this on or before July 30th, 2020, head over to the Dark Lord Kickstarter for videos exploring specific aspects of the game and sample characters from the book. If you're listening to this on or after December-ish of that same year, head over to the Kickstarter page to check out those updates and you can buy the book from DriveThruRPG. Probably. The game's at like 160% funding at the time of writing this this uh, announcement, but I can't promise you the developer won't be hit by a truck or something. If you're listening to this between July 31st and December of 2020, then head over to the Kickstarter, check out the updates, and then stare mournfully at the final update, refreshing every five minutes or so until you see a new update announcing the drive through RPG release. City Yay. of Violence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's the first of two. And I'm going to just take a little second here to dig up the second one, because as I'm sure you can imagine, I completely forgot that we had to do this until it popped unbidden into my head just a few minutes ago. Yeah, it's a good thing that your brain works in mysterious ways. Or doesn't work in mysterious ways, as the case may be. John, this one's a script, so I need you to open it up as well. Oh, don't you worry. I've got it. 
Oh, thank God. I'm glad one of us is competent. Okay, here we go. You ready to take this from the top? I am ready. All right, here I go. Hello. I'm ready. I'm ah. ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Patrick or something. I don't know how to do this voice. How was that? that <laughs> did I do a pretty good Patrick? You want me to try Squidward? What are we doing here? How about R? I mean, that's arr. that was fine. Yeah, okay. It's all fine. Everything's okay. great. Yeah, that was my Squidward, by the way. Arr, 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 arr. I like money. Was that That's Squidward. Yeah, that's basically Squidward, right? Yeah, I think that's that's his famous catchphrase. Uh, okay. Here we go. Hello, and thank you for listening to this paid announcement. I'd like to take a moment to talk to you about the Steve Podcast Network. That's right, the Steve Podcast Network, home to a whole three shows, two of which were inspired at least partially by the System Mastery Boys. Oh, hey, that's nice. He gave us a shout-out on our own shout-out to him. It's it's not as cute later on when he steals our shtick. What? Well, kind of. Hey, are we getting paid for this part? Uh, it counts as part of two minutes, so yes, we are. Sucker. Uh, sucker. Hmm? Uh, anyway, there. getting back to the plugs, there's something called Arrow Chapter and Verse, a raw audio podcast in which co-hosts Seth and Patrick, and sometimes guests, review the Arrowverse shows. It's probably better to start with season two as the sound quality is better and the episodes, though longer, are funnier. What's a raw audio podcast? Oh, crazy. I was actually going to ask that. Uh, I think it's one where you're too lazy to edit. Jesus, are they all like that? Or I thought it was just us. Thankfully not. There's How I Spent My Allowance, in which Patrick, Seth, Naomi, Riley, and James review old D&D novels. Inspired by Expounded Universe, this podcast takes a close look at the books on which Seth and James wasted their money. Season 1 covers Ed Greenwood's Spellfire. I think you mean Bruce Greenwood? I think Ben well, season Bruce 2 <laughs> covers Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman's Dragons of Autumn Twilight. Blech. <laughs> Oh, hey, and they've got something that isn't like anything we do, the Clink Tank. The Clink Tank is a conversation between friends Patrick, Matt, Rob, Sean, and sometimes producer Gary, in which they discuss everything under the sun except politics. Well, keep in mind that everything is political eventually. So relax, host a si hoist a signature cocktail, and hang out with some friends you haven't met. So that's Arrow, Chapter and Verse, How I Spent My Allowance, Flailing Through First, and The Clink Tank, all coming to you through the Steve Network. It, uh, it says something here about secret and or upcoming shows. It's not on the copy, so we don't have to announce them. That works for me. You can find the Steve Network show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Ooh, they're on several networks that we couldn't even fucking figure out. And remember, when you listen to a fine podcast... You're listening to Steve. Like Steve-O, the, the jackass fellow and wild boy? No, you're listening to Steve... Urkel? Rogers. Is it, is it Steve, Steve Urkel? The, the it's man... Steve... <laughs> Stephen Urkel. The, the famous man with two catchphrases? <laughs> Most of us don't uh, even have one catchphrase, John, and yet here is a man who has both Did I Do That and Got Any Cheese. Yeah, I mean, that's just... Oh. That's we gotta, range. We, we gotta redistribute the wealth of catchphrases. <laughs> All I'm right, catchphrase communist. <laughs> That's right, and I'm a catchphrase socialist. <laughs> Together we fight crime, mm -hmm. as long as it's catchphrase related, which it often is because we work primarily in the Batman universe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the Penguin's famous catchphrase. Um, 
I love money. I think that you know the penguin's favorite catchphrase. I love money. I think that's it. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, as always, go to the uh, System Mastery p- website, systemmasterypodcast.com, to buy those enhancement masteries if you want us to do them. And you just heard how good they are. Obviously, you do. Obviously, duh. All right, everyone. Have a good week. Bye.